But um, give me one. Uh, my Red Bull ready. <laughs> Hope you have your beep function, your bleep function ready. I've got a big old thing of paper, so. Okay, good, because uh, I lived in the sailor's house. Oh, Christ. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I actually get to uh, break away from all of the recaps and some of the minisodes and actually get back into what I personally really enjoy, and that's interviewing. And uh, joining me tonight is uh, Billy Schmidt. Billy, thanks for hopping on, man. How are you? I'm pretty good. Thank you for asking. You bet. And uh, I'm sure you need no introduction, but just to go through the motions, uh, what team are you on? How do we know you? Uh, all right, so I'm on a lot of teams lately, but uh, primarily I play on Anarchy out of the East and uh, Dope on the West for COVID. Awesome, so Anarchy and Dope. Um, and yeah, if, if that's a surprise to you, then I mean that's good. That means I'm reaching people that don't that are outside of the you know the main hub of the dodgeball community. But um, just like to get the housekeeping out of the way. And um, just a real quick note. Uh, so David Tate's interviewed you in 2015 on the uh, Book of Dodgeballs, Chapter 15. Um, it's a pretty good 20-minute episode. I know I give you a hard time for it being so short because there's so many like, there's so many things I just wanted to dive into, some of the like sound bites and, and responses, and I, and I did kind of transfer some of those answers here. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on what was already discussed. I've actually kind of made it like a policy to stay away from those interviews because I feel like it's been done and I want to move on to other people. But um, it's been a crazy four years, so I imagine a lot's changed. Um, you were 22 at the time. You're, what, 26 now? How old are you now? Yeah, I'm 26 now. 26 now. And you, um, so you had just, um, it was 2016. I think you had won the 2015 Elite Dodgeball MVP. You had already racked up a couple of Elite Championships uh, with Rise and one co-ed. Were you, were you on Rise co-ed? Is that, can you remember that? Yeah, I was on Rise co-ed right then. Okay. Yeah, obviously, again, so lots of change. So, so where, where, whereabouts are you now, anyway? Let's, let's start there. Let's start figuring uh, out. Right now, I just distance. moved back to San Diego. I live in uh, North San Diego. Um, see how long that lasts. Might be moving in September-ish. Because of work, or are you just, you're fed up with the perfect weather out there? Oh, mostly just work, life stuff. Just want something different. See, now here's a little old at this point. Yeah, that's... Uh, I love San Diego, and only because I visit. So maybe that's be different if I guess I live there. But um, any idea where you're thinking about going? Uh, right now, Dallas looks like my main option. Dallas. Interesting. See what the life out down southwest is like. Now, are you? Uh, does dodgeball have a factor in in this decision? Of course. Uh, I, whenever I look at somewhere else I want to live, I'm always looking for if I know people in the area, cost of living, stuff like that. But I mean. Dodgeball is still my main hobby, and dodge, I mean, the South isn't looked at as like a hub of dodgeball, but Dallas has a pretty nice little group of dodgeball players that I'm friends with. Yeah, I mean, you probably have to transition to foam a little bit, but I, I don't think that'd be a problem for you, right? I mean, dodgeball's dodgeball at the end of the day. Yeah, dodgeball's dodgeball at the end of the day. Yeah, plus I think the South is starting to get some traction. They're, they're growing. Um, everybody I've talked to has always been awesome. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that that's an actual consideration nowadays is like, what's a dodgeball scene like? Um, you know, obviously do I have a job? Can I afford to live there? And then is there dodgeball? So, um, 
and you came from somewhere else in the south, right? That's is that how you kind of started into anarchy, or how did that work out? Uh, so yeah, I was living in North Carolina, and anarchy came from a necessity that I couldn't afford to fly out west for dodgeball anymore, or play on the rise anymore. So the best option I had was Davis, and then that became a whole different thing, and we just formed into a uh, anarchy. Gotcha. And for those that may not know the history, it's some teams, uh, some players from UC Davis uh, teaming up with Shooters, right? Yeah. And that was pretty much half and half. Yeah. And that was 2017 when that happened? Yeah, it was last year. Yeah. 2017. Two years ago. Um, it feels like last year. I don't know what happened in 2018. Just flew right by. But uh, it's funny because uh, I remember, I'm not dissing on you, Tyler, by any means, but he wrote an article that said, like, the greatest team that never was. And I was like, first of all, dude, Team Evil is the greatest team that never was. Self burn. But <laughs> the, the, uh, the, it, I mean, it transitioned to anarchy, which is just a, a freaking dominating force. I mean, you guys proved that uh, a couple weeks ago when you came down to, to West to, uh, you know, we're throwing um, crisis at you guys, we're throwing rise, we're throwing all these teams that, you know, we say makes the, the West, you know, best coast. But then you guys come in and, you know, you're, you're kind of playing, um, for second or first place but uh, actually uh do you remember that match at all like um i don't know if you kind of heard the championship match or yeah. the original time we played crisis the first time we played crisis the the championship one yeah the championship one was interesting because mikey and ketchum both decided they were gonna sit that entire match and it just kind of went spiraled down from then spiral down is uh probably the term i should have used i said you guys are just playing uh grab all all, all well, we had to save something for the final. We had to save something for nationals. Yeah, wanted to make it a good show for nationals. No, and and that's that's the thing that we we talked about myself and um, who did I forget? Jeez, I already forgot who I did the recap with. Uh, Nick Factor and and uh, Joe. Like we we wanted like a, a good battle, but then we're like, why would they? Why would they risk it for you know round three? Of this this match is pretty much inconsequential. Save it for nationals, and, and I guess that's where we're going to get our, you know, for those of us that don't make it to the finals, we'll, we'll get our, our good game. So, um, I mean, it's it's just one of those things like, yeah, it, it, I don't blame you guys for doing that. But you mentioned the first game. So did you guys face off in round robin? Yeah, we did in round robin. Uh, I mean, we had a hard round robin. We just, I don't know if it was travel or, like, Mikey just coming back from injury, but we just struggled and just made some bad mistakes during round robin. So we Honestly, it wasn't like we weren't trying in round robin. We just played awful. Gotcha. I think we went five and five or something like that. Yeah, I remember remember that. And you guys obviously made up for it. Uh, came come back and play. What? Uh, yeah. Are you guys like telling Mikey not to do anything between now and nationals or like? I yeah. I mean, we told him no more basketball. That's for sure. But I mean, as a like playing two sports myself all my life, I'm kind of I can't say much. I always do too much. Yeah, what uh, what else do you play right now? Right now, I'm more mostly just dodgeball, but I, when I can, I play a lot of basketball. Basketball, um, lacrosse. That's one thing that's that's coming to mind because um, again, re-listening to uh, David Tate's podcast, so you you play pretty, pretty much any anything that had a like a team function or ball you'd get your hands on. But I remember like you would share a lot of lacrosse clips. Do you still play that at all? Or is it just, is that in the past? No, now? after I finished, I finished school last year. And after that, I kind of just hung it up. Gotcha. It's not really one of those sports that you can just pay, play pickup a whole lot. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, it's unlike basketball. I'm sure you can, you can play pretty much anytime, anywhere. Um, 
So I want to I wanted to get into the sports a little bit more because um, I know date, uh, dates <laughs> David kind of asked about it, but he said um, you know as you're growing up, uh, what what sports kind of helped you transition into dodgeball the most? And you said something like lacrosse may have helped because your coach would tell you um, when you're about to shoot for the goal, like change your plans so you can throw off the goalie. Like, do you remember talking about that at all, or do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's mostly like um. So the way human the human eye works is it tracks really well when something's coming straight at you or like at a planned trage- tra- trajectory. But when you kind of change the way it's coming down, instead of going like high to high, if you start throwing high to low or low to high, it messes with the way your eye can see the track the ball and kind of makes it a little harder to catch. So being 6'5", or is it 6'8"? How tall are you? It's 6'8". Okay, Jesus Christ. Being 6'8". Once you get past six four, it's all the same to me. But being that tall, like you, you pretty much you're throwing high to low anyway, right? I mean, it, is it? Do you have like a like? Does your height weigh into that strategy or, or that concept at all? I mean, it does. I like everyone always argues between like the sidearm, like overhand, underhand, all that stuff. And I mean, being six eight, if I bring it from all the way up top and can bring it all the way down to your feet, or even if I just bring it down to chest or face, like it's a big drop for a ball to go. Right. It's and a lot so, harder to read the throw. And is that just because I might be thinking you're throwing overhead, uh, it, it might be coming chest level or higher, but I'm not anticipating getting hit in the feet? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder if anybody else understands or applies that concept when throwing. I'm going to say everybody else. I mean, people that are like, you know, six foot three and below, I want to say like normal height. Um, are you the tallest guy in dodgeball? Do you know? Uh, as far as I know, I'm the tallest. I mean, Ketchum's 6'5". I think Chris Bell's 6'5". Yeah, you got like a full couple of heads over them. Um, I'm trying to remember how tall Sean Anderson is, but uh, for some reason... He's like 6'5". He's the same height as uh, like Ketchum. You guys are really feed you kids now. Um, how, how, tall, how tall is your family? Like, Do you have any siblings? or? Uh, my little sister is about 6 foot. My dad's 6'3", and my mom's like 5'8". So it's nothing crazy. <laughs> No, um, not to not to get any too further into your family uh, here, but like any like super tall uncles or like is it on the dad side or mom's side? Supposedly, my dad is the uh, runt of his family, so all of his grandparents were all six eight. Man, so you're just destined to be a, a tall kid. Yeah, just skipped him, went straight to me. Gotcha. Well, I mean, has that ever been an issue for you, like like growing pains or? Um, like, yeah, I used to have growing pains a lot when I was growing up, uh, like right under my knees. It would always hurt. But uh, really, the only thing lately that's gotten me is I've run into a couple doorways. But, yeah. you know, that happens. I was, was going to kind of low-key go there. Um, but it also resp- it spawned another thing where um, I, I think it might. So David asked something about how being as tall as you are kind of dra- draws a lot of attention to you. And he was kind of asking, like, how do you stay calm under pressure? And uh, things of that nature. So growing up as a kid, did, did being tall ever, like, I don't want to say, like, did kids bully you? Why would they? But did that ever, like, put you oh, on yeah, the Oh, yeah, I got bullied all the time when I was growing up. Really? Yeah, I was. Oh, I always got picked on when I was growing up for being tall. My dad was in the Navy, so we moved around a lot, so I was kind of the outcast in the area. So that's two things against you, always moving around. That sucks. Um, so what would you do about that? I mean, we just 
just deal with that and is that kind of what gives you like this tough skin because that, that actually that's what it was so he's talking about like where you were saying rather you have like a you've developed a tough skin over time helps you close out um and a lot of it had to do with just the fact that you were tall and and bullied so obviously you're able to turn that into a positive um as an adult now it sounds like yeah i mean it's all it's gotten a lot of tough skin um i mean i kind of realized there's two ways to handle a bully it's either ignore them and show them it doesn't hurt you or go back at them harder and uh life's kind of changed where i went from not talking or saying anything to anyone to uh getting a bit of a temper and snapping back at people yeah uh, i mean i think most most of the time if a bully's mouthing off at you and you stand your ground most of the time they'll, they'll go away and i mean you got a lot you cover a lot of ground so uh i would like to see the kind of kid that bullies you now uh that'd be probably a, a monster but um Let's go into dodgeball again. And um, you, you were saying that uh, you're 14 years old. It was you, Casey Moses, and Anthony Miller that were just kind of randomly showing up to like these tennis courts in San Diego to play dodgeball. Like, what was yeah, that? Yeah. So uh, Anthony Miller originally, when he he went to our high school, I mean, obviously he's a couple years older than us, but um, him and his friends started playing dodgeball on the tennis courts. Me and Casey were in middle school at some point, and we started showing up. And it was like 30 8.5 balls, mm. a bunch of stingers, and they were just, everyone was just going around chucking them. And uh, we just kind of fell in love with it and just kind of stuck with it for a long time. So just sweet, sweet, no holes barred. Like, you have no idea who's throwing at you. There's so much balls going around. Uh, dodgeball is just open gym, like the way it's supposed to be. Yeah, exactly. It's like God's everything you envision as like a little kid just playing dodgeball, just chucking balls everywhere, no care, no team strategy. Just throw the ball hard, and that's it. Yeah, if you're out winning the queue, eventually get back in. Games probably go on for you know hours on end. Um, yeah, we had jail breaks and all that kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, that's that's. Uh, I mean, for uh, if you remember myself, Dylan Mason, um, let's see, still Chris Bell. I mean, that's how we played open gym, just nonstop. Like here's just whatever balls we can find from like Walmart. As long as I didn't like seriously injure somebody, uh, just go out until like two o'clock in the morning. It was, it was it's awesome and i still think it's like the best way to play to play dodgeball it's so much fun and um so you casey and anthony you guys all went to the same high school um kind of weird question but do you guys still talk to each other uh mostly anthony yeah um actually part of the reason i might move to dallas is i'm gonna move in with i would move in with him and his wife no speak of the devil yeah uh they're honestly two of my best friends in life my two best friends in life still nice that's one thing I noticed um, when you started showing up, not on my radar, but just from playing um, more and more, it seemed like you and Casey had like this really good friendship. And then um, that developed into, like I want to say, face check with Chris Bell. Yeah, a face check originally was me, Casey, Anthony, and Chad Landrum. And I believe our girls at the first, the first iteration were Anime and Louise. I want to say it was Louisa was the first girl we picked up. I have not heard anime. In that was a long right before time. Chad got his surgery on his uh, shoulder. Okay. Is, anime doesn't play anymore, does she? Like, uh, she showed up to the co-ed classic last year, but no, she doesn't. She's not really into the competitive aspect anymore. I don't think. Gotcha. Yeah, and Louisa too. She kind of just dropped off as well. Yeah. Um, after last national, she kind of just said she lost interest. Yeah, it's a it's a bummer that happens. Um, especially people that have been around for so long, especially like NDL days. Um, 
going back to because we'll probably get back into the good old NDL days, but so going back to you know that night when you guys first played dodgeball, like so someone that's played conventional sports, uh, I'm assuming all the way up through, uh, I mean, it sounds like post high school. What was it about that night that you decided I want to come back and play chaos dodgeball back when you were 14? Uh, I think it was mostly just, uh, I'm going to say it's mostly the lack of structure. As an I mean, everyone who's played sports their whole life, like, you get told what you have to do, like, no, co- like, there's no coach, there's no, like, strategy, you're just kind of going out and doing what you want to do, and, uh, I know a big part of life is getting coached, but sometimes you just need a break from it. So getting the opportunity to go out there, throw your arm out, just go back up the next week is something just it's pure joy. That's funny. That that's uh so drew me in was just coming from playing baseball most of my uh, youth and other sports. Like I, I just love dodgeball because it's just so easy. It's like three rules, and then there's no consequence if you get out. You get to come back in eventually, and no one's gonna yell at you, and you don't have to practice and tell us not fun anymore so um i totally feel you on the lack of structure even though it feels like teams are now starting to go back into that but then uh it's also ironic that you've been on team anarchy and you like the lack of structures when it was what first got you into dodgeball it's pretty uh ironic i love that that is where the name came from that's why i made it oh so you came up with a team name then yeah that was that was my team name oh look at that how about that cool um would never have guessed, but that that uh, makes a lot of sense, and um, starting making me wonder if I should start questioning people about the origins of their team name now, just because there's I'm sure there's a story behind everything. Um, so you played at 14. Um, how long until uh, Rise noticed you? Because I, I or was Rise your first like competitive team, like truly like? No. So originally it was um Pimp Hand. That was my oh, first right. like truly competitive team and I think I played with them for I want to say a year I played with for one NDL and then that's when the Phoenix 10k and the uh, LA 10k were happening and that LA 10k was when Rise formally asked me to join them I don't even remember when that was but it was a while ago LA 10k it was the co-ed one it was right it was it was like they had an elite the day before on okay. the Koei 10K. The Dodgeball Nation, which had the yeah, that one. The Tron Dodgeball the night prior, right? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Chris Bell threw a ball over the court. Uh, he, he did a lot of stuff that weekend that he should be known for. I just had to throw that one out there. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> um, okay, so that that's when you debuted with Rise for the first time. Was that, that 10K? Uh, no, it was the tournament after that. It was, um, I don't know if it was the next Elite. I played with them, or the next NDL. I forget the order of how those were going back then. What okay. kind of blended together? Yes, this was 2013. It was 2013. So, oh, you know what? Yeah. So I think maybe you debuted with Rise in 2013. The the last like good, actually, it wasn't even good. That's when they started drawing names out of hats for seating. I, I remember. Yeah, um, that's what it was. We won, but we won every division that year. That was the first year they did trampoline for NDL. First and last year, I guess. Did you guys take that one too, or did you guys play in that one? Uh, that one we were split up. It was a weird combination of Rise and Doom, and then it was me, I want to say me, Casey, and some of the guys, like Danny Ortega and stuff like that. Oh, man. It was a really weird team. I don't remember exactly who was on it. I haven't heard that name in a long time. 
But that's when, uh, like, the NDL decided to give you guys, like, the Rise Award, right? Like, they're kind of apologizing for asking Rise not to show up in 2010, I think, in 2011 or whatever. Well, it's funny because the Rise Award, actually, they made an award for us and gave it to team for some other team. I think it was Davis got it. Or Badgers or something like that. It was one of the Boston teams. Huh. It was, yeah. Good <laughs> old Prentice. Yeah, that, that's the one weird thing he's ever done. Um that organization, man. Um, so, when when did you? When was your first NDL, DWC? It was 2012. I went because it was my senior year of high school. I just graduated, and that was my basically my graduation present was getting to spend a thousand dollars on that. Holy crap! From San Diego. Well, it was. Cause what was it? It was like five hundred dollars for the first division. Oh yeah, that's right. I actually paid to play. I forgot how. Man. Yeah, it was like five hundred for the first division, and then like I want to say fifty or sixty for the next two. And I played, I only played in two, but that was a lot. I was in debt for a long time. Yeah, that's a uh, that's a spoiler that I've gotten. I sometimes forget how much it used to play or how much it used to cost to play in a equality tournament, quote unquote. But um, and so this was with Pimpan, or was this a different team? No, that was. Um, I forget what the team name was for that. I just played two co-eds. I played following 8.5 co-ed. Gotcha. It was just me and Casey and a couple other people. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to remember like when I first saw you on the court. I'm trying to, I, like, I remember like blue maybe, but so do you remember the Phoenix 10 K that was, yeah, that was the one when it was, that's when I played with a uh, pimp hand. Okay. That's why, but it was like a half pimp hand, half like random team. I had like JJ Morrow. Okay. And uh, like Tyler Key was on the team, I believe. Gotcha. Yeah, th- that's when you're starting to materialize in my memory. Uh, Banks as, as being a, a competitive player, and I remember uh, distinctly throwing at your your knee or your feet because I'm like, oh, this guy's got so much room to clear. There's no way he's going to catch it, and he just dropped and caught it. What the heck? Um, and that from that moment, like I was like, this guy, like he's been playing for a long time. Like to be able to clear that distance is uh, pretty awesome. And then. After that, it's just like in my, my memory, it's just been like a staple, just rise, 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 up until uh, like we were talking about a couple of years ago with uh, with Anarchy. So just trying to um, trying to get to know a little bit more about your history there, and um, I almost want to ask like what what drew you into the NDL. Um, obviously, I'm just gonna assume you're you being a competitive person, you just want to get to the next level. Uh, it was kind of that. Um, Anthony Miller actually went to the one the year before, and he came back and he like was telling us how fun it was. So it was like the 2011 one. That was like the last good, good one, apparently. It was, yeah. And um, yeah, he just told us how great it was and how much fun it was. So I'm like, I might as well go see what it's like. I don't know if I'll ever get to go to another tournament again. <laughs> Little did I know that it would turn into this giant mess of playing dodgeball all the time. Thank God. Um, thank God there's, there is better better dodgeball in the future so uh elite then when, when elite started happening with the elite eight and then the elite 12 and then the regional uh series and whatnot since you're on rise at that point did it just make sense that you're going to transition to elite yeah i mean that was like the point i just moved back from uh my first year of college and i just like wanted to keep playing sports so playing on rise just made sense and it was just I mean, at, the, at that point, the team we had was so stacked, it was like nothing was going to be able to beat us ever. Yeah, you guys it was pretty, just a lot of fun. You guys were pretty nuts back then. I remember uh, 
I mean, shoot, you had Payan, Casey, yourself, Serge, Tim, and Jim, and just, just, I mean, we, we'd worked so hard to get Payan out, and then you just catch it back in, or anybody. It, it was really frustrating. Um, yeah, that was the prime catching Rise point. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, Rise will already make you pay for mistakes, but my God, it was so much worse back then with, uh, with you and Casey there scooping up everything and um i think that was really just before pine became what he is now where he's just uh, this ungodly player but um what um i want to go back just real quick because I, I remember another uh thing that you mentioned to uh to tate so i don't know if we'll we'll echo this when i ask again later on but um the question i had was what is your style of play and then you had said couple years ago that you don't want to be labeled as having a style right like you don't want to be just a thrower or just a catcher has, has that changed at all or like do you have a style now or I mean I really don't I feel like part of what makes me a good player is being unpredictable like I like if my catching's not on my throwing's on if my throwing's off my catching's on I can kind of just do a lot of different things rather than just the traditional oh he's an arm or he's only a catcher stuff like that because if you want to get an arm out, you throw them out. If you want to get a catcher out, you catch them out. And if you can't, if there's no easy way to get someone out, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Did you uh, did you find that you have to, like, did you have a, hard, have a hard time throwing? I mean, you have a cannon on you. Has that always been the case or, like? No, actually, until I want to say 2013, 2014, like the end of 2013, I honestly did not know how to throw an 8.5 ball hard at all let alone a nosing ball. I could not figure out a nosing ball for at least another year or two after that. But, um, like, the way – I don't know if my arm was just not as strong or I was just used to throwing different way, but once I figured out how to throw, like, with the clamp and, like, full extension and all that stuff, that's when I started being able to get full power. Clamp. So that's, that's, that's the legal way that you can hold a ball that some people think is a pinch, right? Yeah, that's what people, I mean, whenever you see someone, like, squeeze a ball, everyone tries to claim it's a pinch, or I've noticed a lot of times whenever you throw a ball harder than what people are used to, they try to call it a pinch. <laughs> yeah, I know that one really well, or if it, they just do too well curving, like, oh, there's no other way to explain this other than cheating, but the clamp is yeah, different. Yeah, I've noticed that one a lot, too. Well, yeah. Whenever I see, like, Chris Bell and Allen throw their curveballs, there's been a couple of teams that go up behind them and are all confused and, like, trying to call it a pinch, and they watch them throw it. It's like, just because they can curve a ball doesn't mean they're pinching it. You yeah. just haven't figured out how to do it yet. It's just, just talent. Um, and that's the frustrating thing is, like, like don't take that away. If they're if they're pinching, sure, get get on them about that because that's illegal. But give them some credit. You know, give give um, players these days the, the credit that, hey, if you work at something, you can manipulate the ball without having to pinch it. But um, the only issue I have with the clamp is just sometimes it's hard to tell from a ref's perspective when you cock your hand back and you see that ball folding in all kinds of different ways, it's like, I've got a split second to think, okay, does he just have that good of a grip strength or is there a pinch there? And then, um, I mean, when you look at it, you can see, okay, no, it's just, he's just clamping it. So do you still do that? You're saying that that's pretty much what helped you grip the 8.5 yeah, ball? Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's the primary way I throw it. Sometimes like for a quick, like if I can set up for a throw, that's how I do it. But sometimes you just have to pick up a ball and throw and then I just throw it like a normal grip. Which, I mean, it's still just as fast. It's just not, like, as snappy. doesn't come out of the hand the same way. Gotcha. So clamp is ideal, but you can, if you have to jettison a ball, you still have that velocity behind it now, nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Did that come from just... a little bit bigger. 
yeah so yeah how, gym gym time just practice or how that how that happen uh i mean it's a little bit of just all of it uh we played lacrosse the last two years we worked out a lot but i think a lot of it's just like after you play so much we play at least well it was at least once a week out here they were playing for at least four hours so eventually your arm just develops a natural strength gotcha so just repetition it's funny because a lot of this stuff that you're saying kind of transitions back to the original interview with with david and um he had asked like what do you do to get better and you're saying just play 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 just get out there and play as much dodgeball as you can and, and that'll help so do you still stand by that uh, a couple years later or do you feel like we're at that point now where we actually have to uh condition or train or hit the gym or do more than just play dodgeball like what are your thoughts on that now i mean i still think the best way to get better at dodgeball is playing more dodgeball the only reason I would say like people actually need to start working out and doing stuff outside of dodgeball is now we're going to those best of sevens, and like uh, honestly, if you're going to seven games every time, like it's a lot of energy. It's not the same, especially because we don't really get breaks or water in between. You're just going. So if you get to the finals and you're going best of seven, seven times or however many times, it's a lot of games. Did you did you have like a not a rude awakening, but did you have a hard time adjusting your first? Uh best of seven like round one this year like was that hard to adapt to or are you pretty conditioned um, already it wasn't the first one wasn't hard at all it was more like when we got down to awesome in the finals i noticed a lot of guys were having a hard time gripping the balls like it was just getting tiring and we had gone two seven games all except for one time i think clutch was the only team that we didn't go to the seventh game so definitely everyone got a little more tired I see. So, what what do you do on, on the uh, when you're not playing dodgeball? I mean, you said you play basketball something when you can, but um, like, do you have a like a, a regimen to stay in shape, or are you just naturally like an athletic or or active person, or like what do you, what do you do for for? I try to be active. Uh, mostly, I mean, I just walk my dogs. But right now, with my work schedule, it's been hard to like actually go work out and stuff. Gotcha. It's been, just been natural. Cool. Um, one thing I forgot to ask earlier uh, with the introduction question was your number. So what, what is your number and what's the significance behind that? Uh, I switched my number to one this year just because um, a little ego and a little bit of being insulted by the fact that we keep everyone keeps kind of bypassing me when we're talking about good players. Kind of get a lot of disrespect in that aspect. I'm definitely going to dig on that one. Uh, we got a section specifically for that, so um, we'll, we'll probably get into that some more. But uh, is it zero one or just just number one? Uh, zero one. Zero one. I, I mean, I, I, it's more like a, me being super detailed. But um, <laughs> so a couple more questions, and like I said, I'll definitely get into that section because uh, there's this way I want to preface it. But um, one of the things uh, going back to like. Uh, I want to say like bullying, but developing like the tougher skin. So what I was kind of alluding to was this question, and that was, um, you know, Tate had asked you like, what do you mean like when you say when people com complain when when people that um, not to put anybody down, but if they're just not as good as you, um, or they're not as good as a, th their team isn't that great, and they start throwing the shade or whatever, um, your answer to that is well then get better, right? Uh, play harder. Um, and you you'd said something about like um, like a closing gene. Um, 
the clutch gene. And you said that that was something that Tim Fullerton had. So it kind of like tied into having thick skin, but then it just, there's something about either you or something that Tim said that allows you to kind of just answer like that. Like just, well, then get better. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Or am I butchering that? Yeah. I mean, when I, uh, especially lately, like I know people haven't been so happy that I've been jumping on random teams and playing just cause I'm out here for my teams on the East. But like, I'm just out here cause I want to get better at dodgeball. And yeah, I can take my team and go wherever and we'll do really well. Cause it's all guys that I trust to play with and I know their skill level, but, I mean, playing with headhunters round one, we made it to fourth place. But then I played on Arsenal, and we did it awful. I'm just trying to play on new different teams that make me work in different ways to get better as a player. So when I see people complaining like, oh, we have all these stacked teams now, it's like teams are naturally good players want to play with good players. That's how I come. Because everyone wants a chance to win. Yeah. that's uh, uh, The clutch team was um, – that was after the 2015 MVP – and I think it's mostly just being calm under pressure. Like so many people, they're the last one in against the whole team. And instead of, you know, playing it smart, taking one at a time or going for a good catch, like they just freak out and get out. They just kind of lose all their balls. They throw six balls and get no one out and get four at them and get out. So what, what do you think, what do you chalk that up to? Is it just lack of experience, lack of faith in your abilities to... To, to make sure you don't make a mistake when you're up against three or four people or I mean how does what, what goes on in your mind when that happens I think for a lot of people it's just lack of a uh, lack of confidence in their abilities I think they look at the other team and see themselves all alone and think of it as like they're backed into a corner but I mean whenever I see it I see myself on a whole court with no one next to me that I can dodge and go wherever I need to go to make sure I don't get hit by these balls so I'll use the whole court to my advantage rather than standing still like a lot of people like to do and going for a catch. Hmm. So maybe if you find yourself in a situation where you're by yourself and you know all your teammates are looking at you, instead of saying, crap, I'm all by myself, or crap, my teammates let me down again, or what the heck, you just like, hey, now I've got more space to operate. Just kind of change the script, so to speak. Just look at it differently. Yeah, just change your mindset rather than like, I'm in a bad spot. Like I'm going to pick my teammates up right now. Nice. That's good stuff. Um, let me think for a second here because I wanted to get some, like I said, the uh, some of the preliminaries out of the way, and then we'll probably come back to some of the uh, the traditional questions. Um, do you? Uh, so yeah, what we'll do is so I'll ask like the the Mark Hell slash uh, Sergio Leone question. So yeah, I, I remember like seeing you um, with with headphones on. Uh, are you still doing that? Are you still blasting music before a tournament yeah i mean pretty consistently i listen to music sometimes i don't just depends on on the west coast i didn't just because uh all my friends and all that stuff are there a little distracted what are you, what are you listening to what like what amps you up oh uh, that's a hard one it kind of changes day to day but um lately it's been a lot of like old school rap some like old rock Gotcha. There's always one song. It's uh, by Voodoo. That one always gets me going. Poison by Voodoo. That one. I, my go-to. I'm gonna have to also look at that. Look that up afterwards because I've heard that. I've heard those two names combined together. So I think I know what song you might be talking about, but I'll have to verify. But you don't have like one. Yeah, something like Scorpion King. Like when that came out, way back when. Okay. Way back when. It still feels reason to me, but. Uh, 
so you don't really have like with the exception maybe that song you don't have like a preset playlist you just have a style old school rap and and uh and rock and that's that's kind of what gets you going i mean i have a playlist but i change it so much it kind of just like hard to define what's in it gotcha do you um do you have like a pregame ritual like like do you stretch before do you do anything the night prior like what, what do you do to prepare for a tournament uh usually when i get there it's a lot of caffeine in the morning not a good thing but usually once the balls are pumped up ready to go i put on my headphones I start just by throwing a ball slowly off the wall and uh, then start looking for a spot to throw it at to like be consistent. Like pick a brick on the wall and just throw it at that until I get the accuracy going that I want it to be. Hmm. And I get someone on my team, usually lately this year it's been Casey or Joe, just to throw it at me and get my get hands moving, start dropping, getting like the knees worked up, something like that. Pretty consistent. I don't really – I stretch a little bit. But I definitely don't like full-on stretch. The new thing with the Theragun that everyone's got going around, like they need to ice and stretch and eat. Like everyone's old. Yeah, uh, that'll happen. But some of those things I question if you really need them. Uh, I've been told foam rolling is like the best thing in the world, but I hate that. It's torture. Haven't tried the uh, Theragun yet. Uh, people, I, I think people are still unsure if it works or not. But uh I mean, what you're describing sounds like any any warm up you would see in a conventional sport. Really, just kind of just slowly get into it and just build up, build up, and build up, and then um, and then and then get going. So um, simple enough, easy to follow. Um, so I think that's all I have for at least like the preliminary intro questions. Um, again, I don't want to take away from some of the stuff that was covered in the David Tate's interview. I mostly saw this as like a opportunity to update since a couple years have passed. And I think between 2015 to this year, a lot has happened in the dodgeball community. So okay. um, yeah, it's one of the things to kind of like, okay, maybe it's time to start digging up some of those players um, that are still around. But um, what kind of sparked or initiated this interview was, I don't know if it was maybe like a couple years ago when me and Brett first started this podcast, but I told you like, oh, I'm going to have like this real quick segment called Talking Schmidt because uh, I don't know if it, I don't know, maybe it's always been this way, but you seem to be a little more vocal on the, uh, some of the dodgeball posts and the threads. And uh, on May 24th, you hit me up saying, still want to do that Talking Schmidt podcast. I'm down to light the world on fire. So I don't know how to get into this one. I'll just let you maybe start and then we'll, we'll go from there. So, uh, let's do it. Let, let's set the world on fire. What's going on? What do you want to talk about? Oh, what do I want to talk about? Um, I don't know, man. I'm just looking around at the way dodgeball is going. I don't know what we've talked about so long, dodgeball being professional and going Olympic. And, uh, I mean, I did my little foray into beach handball and everyone talked about that going Olympic. And from what I can see, like maybe there's something I don't know. But I cannot see dodgeball ever being professional or going Olympic or any of that stuff. I think right now, until further notice, we're at the pinnacle. I don't see it getting a whole lot better than it is right now. Just due to the fact that like there's no real unity. Like no one wants to agree on a ball type. No one wants to agree on a play style. Like the rules change every year. Like nothing we're doing has been consistent. I don't know if it's a good change or bad change, but right now it doesn't seem like it's progressing the sport any further than it already is. Bad points. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, so 
and I completely snoozed in the whole handball thing, but do you, um, do, did you notice any parallels with, um, I, I want to say handball's probably a little more, is it bigger than the dodgeball community right now, or are we, are we oh, kind of on par? Oh, it's much bigger. It's way, way, way bigger, because the beach handball is basically a lot of the guys who play indoor, but now they basically have like a little vacation instead of playing in gyms all the time, they're going out on the beach. Like, it's just a lot more social, I guess is the right word for it. Okay. So it's kind of like, well, honestly, their version of dodgeball. It's like the handball's version of dodgeball. Like, everyone's super social. Everyone's friends, buddy-buddy. And, like, yeah, when the games come, people get a little more competitive, but everyone's so friendly all the time. And do you have, like, an upper echelon of, like, like a... Like the truly competitive teams from from handball, so like it's like a trickle down thing where you, like you have like maybe like a handful of teams that are you know borderline professional. Uh, what I saw you and Vince, you know, winning, and then trickles down to the the social aspect. Like, is it pretty? Oh yeah, uh, the Brazilian team is exceptionally professional. There, those guys train year round for that stuff. A lot of the European teams, they're professional. But that's mostly due to the fact they're all indoor handball players and they just transition over to the beach. Um, yeah, a lot of the beach handball players are professional indoor players that just, it's like their side hobby. Same. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got some input on, on that, but I'll, I'll refrain from now. Uh, one of the things I want to ask is like, so it's bigger, but in terms of like parallels, like, are, is there, so you know, like everybody and their mom, most for the most part wants dodgeball to be in the Olympics, but as you kind of listed out, we have some issues with like unity, rules changing, can't agree on a ball style, can't agree like how to hold the ball. Is is that kind of is that the same with with beach handball, or is that just kind of have they moved past that by now? No, beach handball is far past that. Beach handball is very unified in terms of um, the ball they use. It d- differs on the weight a little bit depending on like European and um, like South American. They use a slightly different ball. Right, but like the organization is all basically through the um, Olympic Committee. Like they're actually have roots in the Olympic Committee already, mostly due to their connection to indoor. So they actually have roots, whereas dodgeball has zero roots, and it's mostly like a couple guys trying to get in there. I forget, I forget what that story was about the WDA dude sitting in the Olympic Committee office for a while, and I mean it's not going anywhere. So. And this is this is I, I can't really argue against that. Um, I can speculate, and that's I just want to preface anything I say in defense or or or, or not on what you're saying uh, is based on that. Just just from what I've seen, but I I, I think we do have those roots. Um, and are you are you looking at? So you said WDA. So that that's the one that Dan DL is behind, right? Yes. Okay. So we have the WDA, and then the but the WDBF? Yeah. Okay, so which, um, and, and talking about not being able to unify already, so there's that hurdle, which I'm not sure which one's further in the Olympic stretch. I, I want to say it's actually the WDA, and um, I don't know what kind of flack I might get from this, but whatever. I think um, U.S. dodgeball is, is giving us the, I think that needs to be removed. I think that needs to be taken over by USA dodgeball just because Prentice is behind it. And um, we're more than familiar with what kind of products he's brought to the dodgeball scene. Yes, he's made dodgeball a thing. He's, he's brought the competitive element to dodgeball, but he has dropped the ball in, in so many ways that 
I think there's a, because of him, there's a stigma for the WDA, but, um, I'm not, I can't really speak to the rest of the organization. When I see clips or stuff on YouTube, it seems like it's a pretty big deal. Um, we're just getting the, we're kind of getting shafted. So we look to USA Dodgeball with Jake Mason and co and elite and all those people backing them. And it seems like that seems like that's the U S dodgeball representation representation we want to see. So, but I can't speak to like how closely they are to the Olympics. So do, do you, do you know anything about that? Or are you, is this just your opinion? This is just my, it's just my opinion. I know both sides claim to have X amount of members, but then when you actually look at how many members show up to these tournaments, it, the numbers don't quite add up. It's especially the WDA claim. I think the last time they claimed like 16 teams, but the last tournament they had only had like 10. So it's kind of like these numbers aren't adding up. And I mean, for most sports in the Olympics, 16 teams is for like one area of the like world that compete for a couple spots in the Olympics rather than that's your Olympics right there. Right. Yeah, I, I'm not sure, like, because I, I, I don't want to, I'm 100% all aboard USA Dodgeball and what the uh, WDBF has put together. I'm very, very, very weary of anything that has Ed Prentice's name on it. Um, and that, that's just me being completely honest and straightforward from someone that's watched this thing uh, evolve since 2004. If I had to stake, if I had to put all my my, I don't know, dreams, hopes, aspirations, whatever, I have to put everything behind one entity, one organization, it, it would be what we see now. It'd be what we're talking about with the combine happening this weekend. It'd be, you know, it's it's taking a long time to get to this point, but the development I've seen in the last couple of years still gives me hope. I guess that's probably what I'm trying to say is like, I still have hope. I still have that optimistic belief that we are getting there. It may not happen in our dodgeball players lifetime, but the strides have been made since back in the day. Um, have been huge and um i i'm pretty sure um there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes that we just don't know about um i don't know if you follow jake at all on social media and some of the stuff that he's been going to some of the conventions he's been making and the conferences uh putting in all the groundwork to build up to that but you know that's that might be something that maybe he can speak to and we can find out you know in another episode if people truly are curious but um i i'm gonna go against you at least in terms of like how close we are to the Olympics. I, obviously, we're not within arm's reach, but I think we're, we're going there. But I definitely agree with you on the, the lack of unity still being a thing. Um, go ahead. I, I kind of talked for a lot. I don't know if you have a interjection there or... I mean, not really. I just, again, like, these con- you can go to all sorts of conferences you want. Those conferences has no have no real meaning when it become, in terms of it becoming an Olympic sport. Like, yeah, you can go to the sports conventions and people call you a sport, but that's a whole other level from being an Olympic sport. Right now, like, most people don't even regard dodgeball as a sport. I'm, I'm sure you've had those comments, like, when you say, yeah, I play dodgeball, and it's like, oh, that's a thing still? Uh, everyone has that, and until that is completely gone, there's no hope for being in the Olympics. Yeah, no, I, and you're right. I mean, even look back to the LA or the Las Vegas article that came out, and they called you guys the anarchists. Um, and the guy, the title was specifically uh, Dodgeball Returns to Vegas Riding the Movie Wave or something really stupid like that, where it's like, no, like we've created our own waves, thank you. So yeah, there, there's a lot of like, um, that we still get the whole, oh, just like the movie, haha, whatever. Um, and I, I don't know if that's ever going to go away until we see it in the Olympics. Um, 
I would say maybe seven out of the 10 conversations I have when I'm telling somebody I'm going out to play dodgeball, seven of those are like, oh yeah, I like the movie, but there are the few other outliers like, oh, crazy, like I wanna play dodgeball. Um, in fact, I was interviewing uh, for my top secret clearance and I'm talking about like why I'm always traveling uh, for dodgeball. And he's like, oh, that's crazy. I, I wanna, I actually wanna get in on that. He didn't say anything about the movie, um, which is kind of cool. Um, so that, that's like a, I don't know, like a little little nudge into the positive direction here. But um, it's, I think it's just slow. I, th I think it's just slowly gonna happen. And not that I wanna argue everything against what you're saying, but with the whole like conferences and stuff, like we have to get that visibility out there. It has to start somewhere. You gotta plant the seeds. And um, I just think it's, I just think it's gonna take a while. I, I feel like uh, I'll be retired long before we see dodgeball in the Olympics. But um, that, that was just one piece too. I mean, um, yeah, like like I said, I'd, I'd rather let the experts speak on and defend themselves in that one. But did you have any other input on that, or no? That was it. I would like to interject that the uh, quote on the article of uh, the face shot and acid over there was in fact not me. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was not me. Yeah, did uh anybody anybody have a reason to think it was you, or was it like your teammate? Uh, yeah, a lot of people said it was me. I mean, it's something I would say, but it actually wasn't me that time. Gotcha. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I don't want to fan the flames, but I kind of do. So like, um, so May 24th, uh, this was like almost immediately after Team USA prospects list was released. And I think that's what kind of prefaced this whole thing or, or would spawn the conversation of like having you back on here and and kind of talking about and, and just, you know, giving you an opportunity to kind of voice your opinion. And it ties into what we talked about earlier where you, you, you know, you selected the number one for ego. You feel like you've kind of been dissed. Do you want to get into that at all? I mean, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, I've talked to Mark about it after that date. I had a, a long conversation with him. And a lot of it is not unfair by him, but my attitude, the fact I do have a temper and, like, the quick trigger I have on people are their main reasons for not inviting me to the Combine, which isn't unfair. But then at the same time, if you look at the list of guys who are on that list, I'm either far better than or they have the same ego temper issues that I do. And that is my biggest qualm. Because uh, especially the people who are the ones who started me on this temper tantrum, I guess I've had lately, are invited to that and they're just as bad as I am. Hmm. So I don't know if you had a chance or cared to listen to the uh, the mini-sode that I have with, with, with Jake and we're talking about uh, temperament is one of the big considerations in terms of like who got selected who's being looked at despite talent and um yeah character is a big deal you want to see uh, a team usa of players that are gonna you know not have the blow-ups but um i'm gonna agree with you man I, i'm looking at this list i'm not gonna pick any names but i've definitely seen some blow-ups from these people and uh i guess this is my way of saying i see your point um I, maybe because you've been playing on the East Coast and I've just been out of it for the last few rounds, but I've not seen any blows from you. The only negativity that I that I kind of kind of pick up on is just some some comments here or there on Facebook, um, some opinions, right? But yeah. um, obviously, talking to you, listening to your interview, knowing you for like quite a while now, um, the only thing you really strike me as is somebody that throws really freaking hard, catches really well. And uh, no offense, but you're still young. Like that's 
that's my assessment of you. Um, you get a lot of promise and the fact that you are still so young is really terrifying, but, um, I, I, I can't think I'm, I'm trying really hard to think of a time I've ever actually seen you blow up. And when I say blow up, I mean like, Hey, that hits you like nothing like that. Like, no, like a serious meltdown that I've seen from people. Like, like I saw some stuff during round three that, um, I'm like, Oh, that's just typical that player. But, um, I don't know. Um, the it, it's weird because I like I said I I just talked to Jake about this and I totally get where he's coming from, but it's like I, I guess there's got to be some consistency here because um, I I can see what you're talking about. In other words, it's just kind of like a long-winded way of saying, I know what you mean, man. I, I see it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like yeah. I, there's definitely been times I've blown up, but a lot of those times that I've blown up were against those people on that list, and it's a lot of it was them provoking, being very uh, provoking. Like, I don't know what it was, but when I was on Rise, everyone just assumed I cheated. Because the day I left Rise, everyone said I became a super honest player. But it was always the same person, people on the same team that always would, like, talk and, like, really start blowing up on me, and that's what started my blowing up back, and I finally snapped back on a couple of them. I see. I'm sure everyone knows what I'm talking about by this point because there's only been one team that's been was consistent for a long time between Rise and them for a rivalry. Yeah, uh, they're dead now, so it's not important. Yeah, I was uh, just again. I'm trying to rack my brain for for memories of that, and um, I mean, there, there are definitely people that have a stigma of cheating on there, and I again only can only answer for myself my own perspective I, I don't get that from you like i said earlier what i do get is you're you're it's like you said you you've you respond now like you're a little more uh what would you say earlier? like you're, you're quicker to to talk back right like you're gonna stand up for oh, yourself I, the older i got the more i realized like i don't need to take that from anyone yeah that's funny because I was gonna preface with uh, I was gonna joke rather like who hurt you, Billy? When uh, you're gonna say light the world on fire? But um, I don't know. Like, like I said, it's I don't I don't really have a stance on this other than I see where you're coming from. I see where Jake's coming from. Um, but I do see a lot of inconsistencies and, and just kind of going back to you know, yeah, we're we're not where we all wish we were right now. I feel like we're, we're getting there. And, um, you know, without beating the dead horse, it's just, I don't know. I, I don't really, I don't have a solution, right? Just, just kind of speculating and, and sharing my opinion with you. But, um, I mean, th there's a lot of stuff about this. Like, I, I'm honestly talking in circles because I'm not really sure how to, like, I, just, I just don't know what to, to say. And um, if this is a discussion that gets spawned as a result of this episode, cool. Um, we'll, we'll just see how it goes. And then... Um, yeah, so we'll just we'll just kind of push pause for that and move on. But because um, I I did actually get uh, some questions here, some were just really kind of dumb, so I'll, I'll probably breeze through those. But um, so I actually so the second I posted this, uh, I'm not gonna name who they are because they were they wish to remain anonymous, and you can totally not answer this question if you want. But uh, this person said, uh, "Ask Billy who his dodgeball crush is," and I'd like to remain anonymous. Ha ha ha. So do you want to take that, or you just want to let that one go? I don't think I have one right now. Usually I have one, but nah, it's just been, Usually. Just been chilling lately. <laughs> just focusing on yourself. So, yeah, it's just been too much. 
Fair enough. Um, the only reason why I want to ask this one, uh, catch him. He's like, did you pave the road for drafts alike in dodgeball? And I, I, I'm not sure if he means like, did you show people that are really tall a way that, that they can still play? And I'm just going back to what I said earlier, like, oh, I see this tall kid. I'm going to take out his feet like I've done every single person that's over 6'4", and that'll be the end of the day. But obviously that's not the case with you. Um, yeah, I think that's what he was talking about. He was more talking about like for the longest time, like when we first, especially when I mean, Ketchum's my age, like when we first started playing, all the tall guys were just arms. Like they couldn't do anything else. Like they would throw a ball. If they didn't have a ball in their hand, they got out immediately. And I feel like I started changing that where people would actually start moving their body dropping to their knees and stuff more than just stand there and get hit. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, again, I thought this is kind of silly, but at the same time, there might be some serious uh, to it. Um, and Also, Giraffe, is that like your nickname or is that just... That was something that came up a long time ago during UDC when um, Alex Fitzgibbon was actually relevant and he decided that was how he was going to insult me was call me a giraffe. Like I said, my whole life, like I got bullied my whole life. You can either let that hurt you or flip it and turn it and use it. And I just kind of became my nickname. Nice. Yeah, I even think that we're going to have a, you know, I have like this unspoken agreement where if I manage to produce an e-pad, I can keep up with you. I'll call them the uh, ground giraffes. I think that was the yeah. deal. Working Something on that. Like that. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully nationals all have the next iteration, but uh, shameless plugs aside. Sergio Leone asked a series of questions, and I'll, I'll try to uh, breeze to those. Um, what was the most challenging final you've ever played in, or at least one that comes to the top of your mind? Uh, most challenging final. I mean, honestly, like when we win, it doesn't feel like it's challenging. But the round one this year against Team Awesome, that was probably the most challenging final. It was also the first best of seven that we lost. And like it went down to the wire, and that kind of showed – it was challenging in terms of the tiring aspect but like they showed us all different what we need to work on as a team so that was probably the most challenging was this year round one gotcha so some more physical not so much mental you, the pressure just wasn't there it, it was just another day for you but you might need a condition more yeah in that aspect. i mean i got a little flustered game seven after we dropped a couple and i started going for too many catches and that just kind of cost our team gotcha um do you have a favorite team that you like to watch or play against? Um, I kind of been liking to watch outsiders actually from the South. Like they're a bunch of young kids with a lot of good talent and they're kind of been a lot of fun to watch nice. play against. I will always respect our games against Austin. They're always a good team to play against. Uh, they're very honest players and they're very competitive. So it's always fun to play them. Nice. Uh, he asks and assumes uh, that there are funny memories that you memories that you may have of me, and if they are, do tell. Um, I don't think they are. I think I'm pretty cut and dry this whole time. So that's fair. Uh, I think the only funny memory I had was actually oh, crap. When I think we were on Evil still, and you guys had figured out this way to get Tim out a whole lot in the corner, and um, I think it was someone throw straight on, and you were throwing the cross court ball at him every time. And it kept getting him. He was getting so upset. So I switched spots with Surge and started sliding in front of your ball and catching it. And you got so frustrated. Yeah, I didn't like that. That's not funny. Um, it's fun for me. It was nice because we found a chink and we exploited that as much as we could. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, 
we'll just put a Billy here and then you have to start over. I'm like, man, but no, that's actually, um, it's actually a testament to what good teams do. Like we frustrate somebody and then you figure out how to fix it and then you send them back to the drawing board. So, um, sorry, Sergio, no, no drunken stories tonight. Not for this one. Okay. So the next question was, um, you kind of asked the, what do you want to achieve? But that's, uh, that's more like the catchment question. So I'm going to save that for later. Ask if you have, uh, nationals predictions. I'll skip that one, but Panch, is Panch going to be back? And with the vengeance? Oh yeah. Panch is going to be back. Panch what? is, uh, too fun to not do. What, what's Panch? Panch is you, Mike McGee, Ketchum. <laughs> There's a lot of people that I'm not exactly sure who's on Panch, but yeah, the main <laughs> group is me, Mikey, Ketchum, Pyan, Xander. Oh God. I forget who else was on. I think we have like Brett Baxter, Anthony Miller. It just changes all the time. So it's just it's a fun team, a good time. Yeah, it's mostly just the play pinch and just mess around. Gotcha. You know, I I think I skipped this question. I didn't mean to. I was going to ask favorite ball, but I'm assuming eight point five, right? That's yeah. Okay, that's kind Always of eight point five. Yeah, that's why I forgot to ask really. I just I think that's common knowledge. Everybody should know that that's the best ball anyway. So. Um, Last surgery question. I think this is actually a pretty funny one if it's relevant, but name the player who dared to out drink you. I don't know if I've ever had anyone out drink me. I'm sure like Dave Benedetto <laughs> probably could out drink me, but I don't know if I've ever been drinking with someone and they out drink me. Yeah. But people, people have tried to hang. Yeah. People have tried. It usually doesn't end well for them. I, I can't see why it would. Um, it's a lot of alcohol to consume to, to keep up with you. Yeah. Like, kill a man. Um, Joe DeFuria, out of the 25 teams, obviously he's exaggerating. Uh, you played on what was the best jersey that you've had so far? Or what's your opinion on, on the best jersey? I, I'm, I'm not really big onto the whole jersey thing like everyone is. I, I guess the dope one is pretty clean. That's probably my favorite right now. But, I mean, anarchies look like true jerseys, like football kit, but – I'm not big on the whole jersey craze that everyone has going where they want to buy everyone's jerseys. Gotcha. Um, who has been, Dominique Borgia asks, what's been your favorite players uh, to play with? Huh. If I had to pick two, I don't know if I could. It, it, it'd probably be my top three would be Brandon Kelly. The dude's probably the most clutch player I've ever gotten to play with. Mike McGee, obviously, is a great player to play with. I mean, having him play on my corner is insane. Like, no one can really throw too many balls at me or him because they have both of us on the court to deal with. And then it's kind of a toss-up between Jim McMasters and Casey Moses. Casey's my best friend, but when I have, like, Jim, who's always kind of like Brandon, always catching me in, it's hard to tell. There's just some good players to play with. Gotcha. Yeah, and I'm sure more will probably come to mind after the fact. Um, so this is by no means like you're one and done. This is it. No, there's a lot of people I like playing with. Yeah, I mean, shoot, Panch is probably going to be a whole team right there. So, um, Ryan Johnson asks, who threatens you more than anyone else before a match? And I'm not sure if that's like a, a joke because Mark McComb, Mark Echo, <laughs> crap, Mark, I don't, I just don't know why I read that. Right. He raised his hand. I thought it was hilarious because I'm, I'm assuming he's threatening you for some reason. But uh, does anybody threaten you? Uh, in jokingly, in a jokingly fashion, or is that what Ryan meant? I, I'm not really sure what she meant, but no, I, I never look across the court and be like, I'm worried about that guy. It's just not something I've ever done. 
just doesn't register. Oh, she means like verbally like yelling. And, no, I'm not yeah. really worried about anybody. So I thought it was funny when Mark raised his hands like, okay, Mark. Uh, I can see that from an organizer's perspective, I guess, if you think Billy's going to melt down, but kind of establish that you don't really do that. So um, Alexander uh, Claude yeah, asked, really sure. oh, what's that? Oh, yeah, I'm not really sure what they're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Claude asked, Taco Bell or Del Taco? Neither. Go to a real taco shop. You live in California. I feel like that's going to answer my question later, but I'll uh, divert later. Um, Nate Evans asked, is it tough to breathe at that elevation? Um, obviously, that's a pretty dumb question, Nate. Thank you for that one. But um, that did trigger me to ask the serious question earlier. Was was it was it tough growing up, being that tall? Did you ever get picked on? So in a, in a roundabout way, thank you, Nate. I guess you kind of helped me transition that to a real question. Um, I like this one. Lucas asked, "What is your happiest moment as a player? Like, when, when are you the happiest playing dodgeball? Is it just playing dodgeball, or is there like a specific time? Is it when you guys win?" Like, yeah, I mean, it's always good after you win, but I mean, just going there was with guys I like, like, especially with Anarchy. Like, just going out and playing with those guys is always a good time. Like, I'm never happier than when I'm at a tournament and just playing with a good group, good group of friends, people I can trust and have my back. Nice. And then he also asked this crazy question, which I think could haunt a lot of people, but I like it. Um, that's if you can go back and change one play in your past, what would it be? Probably co-ed. I don't remember if it was finals or semifinals match against Echo. It was me against the entire other team. It was like everyone on that team except for maybe Ketchum was in. And it got down to just me versus Pyan. And like... He threw like a lollipop at me, and I dropped it. And I just—that would be the one play I'd play. I'd probably take back is if I could have just waited it out and hit him later instead of going for a catch early. Gotcha. And what was the result of that? Was that the championship is I over? Think, or no, we have. One, I think no. Actually, that was it. That was the end of it. it was right there. Dang. Of all things, a lollipop too. That uh, that'll haunt you. The slow ones are the worst. Oh yeah, no, they they are. Then you're like, how did how did I miss that? Um, what well, Kel Stokes asks, what is one of your clutch plays in dodgeball? Um, I'm just gonna adventure and say you've got too many to to just pick one. Um, just watching you play for so long, unless unless one come to mind. Uh, I mean, I had the double catch against Mount Olympus last East round. Yeah, that was pretty big, I think, but. Again, that was only the first round, so it's not that clutch. It was just a good play. Was that your first double catch, or have you had you've had more before that, right? I don't remember. That's the first one I can remember. That's definitely the first one on camera. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably the more significant aspect is that's the first one that's actually filmed and documented. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and now for like the big three, um, and this is kind of why I pushed um, searches aside, but because. Andrew asked this one. I really like this one, so I've kept it over the over the interviews. But um, I'm going to preface this with: you already have two elite championships under your belt, a couple NDLs, one co-ed. Uh, you've been branded the elite dodgeball MVP in 2015. You're playing on a really awesome team right now. Um, but what what's left for you to to achieve? Like, so he asks, what do you want to achieve in dodgeball, and what keeps pushing you to play and get better? Um, so what is it? What, what are you still after right now? Achieve. I mean, I always want to win. I think winning is always the ultimate goal for this. I would like to, of course, be on the USA team at some point, but 
I wouldn't say that's a goal for me right now, mostly just because I just don't have the ability to do it. And what keeps me going, getting better is a lot of, I don't know, just to want to be good, want to be great, rather than just any person or teams. Gotcha. So you're just natural born competitor. Like you probably want to do this if you're playing handball still. When you play basketball, you just want to be the best. Yeah, I always want to be the best as I can be. Gotcha. Makes sense. Um, in the David Hayes podcast, he asked you, like, you know, who the top four players that inspired you would be. Um, with the Mount Dodgemore question, at the time, you listed Tim Fullerton, Justin Pyan, Nate Crater with uh, a preface that I won't air. But if you want to listen to that, you can hear it real briefly in, in, the, uh, in the interview. And then Vince Marchbanks. So has that changed in the last uh, couple of years? Um, it has a little bit. I mean, I'll still always look up to Tim and Vince. Vince has kind of become part of my family ever since handball playing with him. And Tim was like the original guy who kind of made me work a lot harder at dodgeball because he was so smart. And I, no matter how good I got, he just always is a smart player and hard to deal with. Oh, yeah. After that, I mean, I think it's changed a little bit. Giving two in mind? I, or? No. Um, I look up to Jim a lot because Jim – as old as he's gotten, as much as like he feels like he's breaking down, whenever he shows up and has a good game, like he, uh, what was it, the Tribune tournament for foam? He was probably the best catcher there, and he hates foam. Yep. So I always respect the fact that he can go out and have a great tournament at any given moment. And then, I mean, as much as we have like a rivalry going, I, I do appreciate Ketchum's game and ability to play, and he's kind of like. The main person I compete with now. Yeah, he's uh, he's. I don't want to say he's come a long way. Like he's always been a monster, but just lately, holy crap! Um, and that's why I was like, man, I want these two guys, these two teams to like battle it out. But uh, maybe we'll see that in nationals, and we'll, we'll get our we'll get our entertainment fill in. But um, it'll happen in nationals. That's your prediction, I guess. Yeah, that's my prediction. Fair enough. Oh, there you go, Sergio. We got we got one out of out of him so for that. But uh, so last question. Well, uh, real quick, taco versus pizza. What are you? I'm team food. I like all food. You had to choose one though, just for the sake of. If I had to choose one, I eat tacos a lot more than I eat pizza. I figured. As soon as he said uh, get real tacos, I'm like, well, San Diego, that checks out. They've got yeah. You guys got real some good, stuff good tacos. There. All right. So the last question is. Uh, what is your favorite dodgeball memory to date? So at the time, a couple years ago, it was, uh, like you said, it was like the Chicago Backyard Tournament and your first NDL experience, but has that changed at all? Do you, do you have a new one? I mean, playing pinch with pinch is probably one of the more fun experiences playing dodgeball. And that's just because it's a whole bunch of basically all-stars just going out and not caring and just going nuts. Cool. Nothing so much stands out. Just again, it's more like the experience. Like you know, like without speaking for you, ne the next patch is going to be a, a pretty good time anyway. So you'll, you'll probably yeah, cherish that. Yeah, just playing with those guys rather than just a certain tournament. Gotcha. Cool stuff, man. I think that's uh, I think that's all I've got. So um, I'll probably go ahead and end the interview there.
All right, so that was an interview with uh, Billy Schmidt. And Billy, thank you so much, man, for, for hopping on and being willing to, to talk dodgeball with me and, and kind of allow me to dig in a little bit more, uh, especially since you were on, on shift um, and it was pretty late on a Friday night. But um, I just, uh, like I was saying earlier, um, th- there's there's quite a, a few really awesome episodes from the Book of Dodgeball podcast that David Tates um, had started in 2015. And um, if you were on those podcasts, I've kind of stayed away from interviewing you just because I, I think those are still, for the most part, evergreen. But as I re-listened to the Billy one, it was only 20 minutes, and there's a lot of stuff that I just wanted to dig into from when I first heard it. So I'm happy to be able to do that again. And in terms of the comment of, like, I'm ready to light the world on fire, um, it's not so much that I like this to be a a this being the podcast a platform for um not gossip but but i I want there to be a conversation and i'm i think i'm at that point now where i'm I'm okay with stuff that may be slightly controversial uh if it's for a good point and i think some of the stuff that billy did um mention was actually is actually worth talking about um if you didn't get a chance to listen to the mini so with myself and jake mason we definitely did talk about um what kind of thought gets put into selecting members from Team USA. And because it's Team USA, there's, there's, there's always going to be a lot of uh, speculation um, either for or against the names that make that list. But as long as I feel like it's it's explained on both ends, uh, people that are listening that may be interested should be able to walk away with a, a good understanding that what is being done is in the best interest of the organization and moving dodgeball forward. Um, but that does not necessarily mean that I want to completely shy away from people being given an opportunity to voice their opinion. Part of the whole reason for being able to interview people in the long form is so that we don't have to glaze over uh, stuff that might be considered sensitive. So I guess that's just a long-winded way of me saying, if there's stuff you want to talk about and it's productive, I'm more than happy to have you on, whether it's going to be through the interview, through a mini-sode, or even maybe through a recap. Um, there's just so much to talk about when it comes to dodgeball and um as one of the many outlets that are out there for it i'm more than happy to to provide that so anyway um if you're still listening uh thank you so much for for chiming in thank you so much for producing your questions i'm really excited to being able to interview more people um and we'll just go from there so i guess just have a great uh yeah what else is there to say but have a great rest of your evening a great uh weekend and we'll see you next time Yeah, I think I think when people listen to you and sit down and talk to you, they realize you're you're a pretty chill dude. Um I think we tied in terms of, of swear words so that like this wasn't bad at all. So I uh, tried to keep it tame. I appreciate that.